0: Welcome to Play by Players, an MLSPA podcast. This show is brought to you by the players and is all about the players, both past and present, who have plied their trade in MLS. You'll hear about each player's journey into the game, their careers and life after the game, on the field and off. It's all on the table. Now here's your host, former MLS player, Bobby Boswell.
1: Hey, everybody. Thank you for, uh, for joining us today. We're joined by a very special young player. It's the youngest guy we've had on the podcast uh, ever. Um, I had to check and make sure he wasn't born in the 2000. He, he just missed that cutoff date. He's a 99, uh, which just hurts me to say because it makes me feel really old. But uh, coming in from the U.S. Men's National Team, U.S. Youth National Team, and the Philadelphia Union, please welcome Mark McKenzie.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Awesome. How are you doing, man? I, I know it's been a crazy time. It looks like uh, there's some light at the end of the tunnel um, in terms of getting back to playing. Uh, how, have you, how have you been handling everything that's going on?
0: Nah, no, I've just been trying to take it in stride. You know, it's, it's sometimes difficult when you first enter a difficult situation um, to be able to see the, the final outcome, you know, to see that light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, so I've just been really focusing on taking it one day at a time, not to get too, uh, too far ahead of myself. And just doing what I can control. I think that's the most important thing right now. Um, and At the end of the day, that's me, you know, and the, the work I put in behind the scenes, you know, making sure that I'm fit once we, uh, well, now that we're kind of back into the individual um, training setting um, with the team, you know, making sure that I was uh, ready you know, to, to continue working.
1: Well, so you talk about fitness. That would have been a huge problem for me when I played <laughs> during this, this pandemic. But, um, you know, were, were you – you know, it's kind of weird because you, you go through this preseason, you got to get ready fitness wise for preseason. Then you, you come in, you only get two games under your belt. Uh, and then you're kind of off for a little bit. Now it's back to almost like a, a heightened preseason. Again, how have you, you know, were you, were you in pretty good shape coming in? And, and are you in pretty good shape now? Are you comfortable with where you're at?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you go through a, a pretty gruesome preseason, you know, in, in February, January and February, you know, it's a January camp, you know, it's like the preseason before preseason, you um, know, I wouldn't necessarily call it January camp that, but, uh, but you kind of know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, you go through all that work and you, you get the first two games on your belt and, and fitness and form is starting to come into to shape, um, and to then go to qualifiers and, and hope to qualify for the world cup or for the, uh, for the Olympics. Um, and then to kinda of shut down everything, you know, initially it's it's tough to even try and stop. So, you know, finding that, that period of you know, like coming to grips with the situation. Um, you know, and saying, All right, now I gotta figure out a plan for myself. Um, so so as the the weeks kinda went on, I, I became more uh adept at, you know, waking up in the morning, all right. You know, I don't have a trainer here, here to to help me out, so I you know bought some foam rollers and some lacrosse balls and you know, some mini bands and whatnot trying you know to cover that um area and then all right, what uh, workouts are the team sending in, and how can I change these workouts? you know I don't know when we'll be back, but you know at least when we get back i you know I can focus on my touch I can focus on you know making something stronger I can focus on my fitness um you know these little things you know throughout the weeks. Um, until we do get the the green light to, to finally get back into some kind of team environment, um, and now that we're actually hearing, you know, I think uh, I'm definitely uh, ahead of where I thought I'd be. You know, it's okay. um, it's easy to kind of fall off of that, and I think that was the one thing that I really tried to discipline myself in, and um, making sure that you know when we did get back, uh, that I, I was ready for it. So you know, again, I, the match fitness will will come once once we get to that stage. But for now, you know, I think I'm I'm in pretty good shape, um, and. as the weeks go on, we'll, we'll see, I can take to test myself and see where I'm at with everything. All
1: right. Well, and for those of y'all that are uh, getting your first exposure here to Mark, uh, if you can tell, he's very well spoken, (laughs) uh, very, very well, I'd say well beyond his years, um, but that's kind of a theme and what we're going to get into here uh, in terms of your leadership and your professionalism. I'd like to throw it back to the beginning. Uh, Let's, let's go back. I know uh, you're you're a Delaware guy? Is, I mean, do yeah. you claim I claim Florida, even though I'm born in Texas. I mean, are you claiming Delaware?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I always claim New York. That's that's the birthplace. That's where I grew up, and then eventually moved to Delaware. So you know, uh, I claim Delaware. I've been here for a while, so you know, Delaware is uh, my second home. All
1: right, and and you're there aren't a lot of people playing professional soccer out of Delaware. I mean, you gotta you kind of got to be the pride of the state in that regard.
0: Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a handful of us, you know, who who can call ourselves so a pride of state, you know, myself, you know, Anthony Fontana, he's a Delaware guy. i you not know, too far from me. Um, you know, some other guys in college ball in that realm. Uh, but yeah, you know, to, to be able to play professional ball and be one of the few coming out of Delaware is, uh, you know, something, uh, something special.
1: All right. And then I see, see in the background, you've got a, a family. Yeah. Uh, families where life begins. Big family guy. Anyone that, that is a, a fan of yours knows that. And, um, tell me about. I mean, you got some athletic genes. Tell me about your parents and uh, yeah, and your background there.
0: Yeah, it's uh, my dad. He's uh, he's Jamaican, you know, through and through. He was born there and, and came to the states uh, after he graduated high school with his family, his, uh, with his mom. So uh, he's been here for a while. Um, hardworking guy, you know. He played soccer through through college, um, and then eventually uh, worked his way into to medical school. And then Worked at the hospital for special surgery in, uh, in New York. Man. Yeah, he's a uh, hard-working guy, and I think that's kind of where I get that that grit from. from that Jamaican side of me, that, roll the sleeves and get the job done. Um, yeah, he played through all the way through till uh, college. After he graduated college, and he actually focused on medicine. Um, my mom, she uh, she was a dancer and she she ran track um, in her, her youthful years, and then now she's uh, you know, she doesn't run track anymore, but she still likes to say that she can beat me in a race. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, you know. Uh, I got some, some good genes in my family, you know, on my mom's side. You know, grandparents are tall people, so, you know, it's a, a nice mix. You know, my parents, I'm taller than both of them, so it's, everybody tries to figure out where'd you get the height from, where'd you get the height from. Um, so, you know, it's my, my mom's side. Um, so, yeah, like, a nice mix. All right, and then with a
1: with the, with the dad from, uh, from the, the Caribbean, it, did he ever push you? I mean, I'm sure you could have, uh, if you wanted, you could have been a, a, dual, a dual national. Was there any, any pressure on one side or the other?
0: Ah uh, no! I feel like they they allowed me to make that decision. Um, you know, ultimately, of course, I take great pride in both both sides of, of my culture. You know, uh, I love Jamaica. I still have family out there. I like to visit and uh, you know spend time with them. You know, Dad taught me patois well when I was younger, so you know I, I have that in my my back pocket as well. Um, but you know, also just embracing you know my my American roots, uh, understanding you know uh what, it's, what it means to be American, what it means to to live in the country. So um again they never forced me on to to either side you know my dad of course he wants me to lean toward jamaica um but at the end of the day he's like look whatever whatever uh, wherever your heart leads and uh wherever you feel like you can can succeed um and and continue to push yourself
1: well i tell you what i I went to college in miami and and my school was predominantly latin and and, uh, caribbean and my brother was like an honorary Jamaican. We had some Jamaican guys that lived with us, and my brother was a culinary student, so he cooked a lot. And uh, huh. we had a ton of Jamaican guys that would always come around when uh, when he was getting finished with his cooking. And uh, I tell you what, there were guys that they couldn't even walk a straight line; they were so unathletic. But when it came, when it came to soccer, uh, Jamaican guys have no problem telling you how how you should have done something different on a certain play, or um, you know, I'm, I'm sure. You can attest to that that you probably get more pressure from the Jamaican part of your family than you do uh from the American part, and that uh it's just in their culture to you know that everyone knows best, I feel like in the Caribbean
0: no for sure, for sure, my dad he's still to this day he's like watches the games, he's like, "Listen, you know if I was in your shoes, I would have done this different and this different um I'm like, listen, pops I hear you but let me let me try let me try and figure this one out, all right. Uh, but nah, it's, uh, it's nice jabbing with them and talking with them. Uh, I okay. My... And then I, I know, you, I know you mentioned your, uh,
1: your mom dances and I think your sister dances too. Are, are you, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, can you dance?
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I can, I can definitely pick up, um, Madison. She, my little sister, she's a uh, hip hop and tap. Those are two primary dances. So she'll, you know, teach you some choreography every now and again. Um, some of it will stick, some of it won't. Uh, but I like to say I can dance, I like to say I can dance.
1: And if, if we get back to playing here and we see you scoring some
0: goals, are you gonna are yeah. we gonna see are we gonna see some of that or? For sure, for sure. I know, I've had a lot of time now to get some some ideas going, and uh, you know, I I got a few tricks up my sleeve that, that I'll bring out.
1: Okay, all right. Well, for those uh, those Philadelphia Union fans, you heard it here first. We're gonna see uh, we're gonna see some dancing um, from Mark when he's scoring goals. Uh, we talk about Philadelphia. Um, tell me about coming from Delaware. Uh, you were were you in the youth? You were in the youth academy before you go to Wake Forest, or was yeah. it?
0: Yeah, no, I was in the youth. Actually, in the Union Juniors, um, at pre academy. Um, Jim Curtin was my coach at the time with e. Moreau and Tommy Wilson. They uh, went to kind of a spot Drive out to King of Prussia for uh, you know a couple times a week just to go involved in the mix of guys out there. A lot of which um, is Pen Fusion now. Uh, S.E. Delco, you know a lot of those guys up in the the area. Um, so I was one of the and yeah, just kind of made me there. Started there like eleven, ten, eleven, about uh, eleven. Um, joined the academy was thirteen, all the way through till uh, till you nineteen, u nineteen, now you eighteen before I left for for Wake Forest. Yeah, so
1: y'all were pretty good though, right? I remember I remember that y'all had some. Uh, I don't want to say gritty is the right word but I just I heard some rumors about you know some of these Jim Curtin coached youth teams and then uh, I'll tell you about uh, when I got to Atlanta we had a a kid I think that had gotten maybe kicked out of the the Philadelphia youth team and he was back in Atlanta and I remember thinking like I kind of thought Atlanta was was uh you know had some swagger but I was like kid got kicked to philly like what must and he was kind of a bully yeah. uh, on the atlanta youth program and i was like man if he got bullied out of philly it, it must be a uh no no holds barred like cutthroat
0: yeah. group yeah no nah, it was definitely a, a hard-nosed group out there um i think that's kind of what what helped us you know help each other you know push through uh, you know once somebody you saw got kind of kind of kind of got complacent um it was that that elbow you know in the back of the in the back of the neck or whatever it was, you know, like, hey, I'm here, you know, so let's go. Um, and I think that's what, what helped us, you know, what helped push us to to how far we got. Um, and, you know, it was, it was a really tight-knit group as well. And I spent my junior year and senior year at the the school as well, you know, and got close with a lot of guys. That um, And we had a model, like, nobody likes us, so we don't care. Um, that model kind of stuck with each of us and really, you know, helped us through those difficult times when it felt like, you know, nobody really likes us. Like, what, what is going on? Um, that we don't care about, you know, it's like, all right, we're going to do what we got to do. Handle business, get the points, and, and get back home. Um, I think that kind of relates to, to who we are today, you know, as a club. You know, we do with the job and, and get the points. And, and it, it was it at
1: that point when you were training with the youth coming up, um, were they mixing you in and out with the first team? or Yeah. Um, and yeah. Did, you, did you see – like, did you think you had what it took then, or was there a moment? Um, you know, me personally, I never thought I would make it to the pros. I just was like, I like playing soccer. Um, but what for you? And, and I want to get, we'll get into your dream experience. But, you know, coming from the youth program uh, for the MLS club to the pros, I'm kind of curious as to if there was like a moment, like an aha moment, like I, I can do this.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, I had kind of, the steel had just come into the picture. Uh, my U16 year uh, my second year with U16s and um, you know, I was getting pushed back and forth with the U16s and the Steel training with them uh, the Steel on you know maybe three or four times a week um, eventually made my professional debut with them when I right before I turned 17 uh, I, I, um, and then from there was kind of getting introduced into the professional realm um, and in my head I was like all right you know I I started to see these, uh you know, these little kind of glimmers of light. Like, okay, I, I love this game. You know, like, I, I love it. I know I love it. But, like, can I can I get to the next level? what What's it going to take? Uh, being in that atmosphere on a daily basis, I think, really pushed me. And then eventually, once I started doing well with the Steel, uh, got called into the first team a couple of times to train with them um, throughout the weeks. Um, and, you know, getting bullied by Modu and Guchinyewu and, you know, Charlie Davies, you know, Chris Pontius, you know, getting bullied by these guys. And they kind of gave me that, all right, I got to come here and a little chip on my shoulder and, you know, and, and show what I can do as well. Um, I believe there was one training session that was in, I think it was late, late summer, early fall, um, hot day. And uh, I had actually gotten into, I was, it was a small-sided tournament. It was like 5v5. And Mo was on the other team. Um, he kind of he always taken me under his wing, um, you know, in the gym and whatnot, and, and helping me and push me, laughing, joking with me, and uh, we were training. And I was defending him. He had made a run, and uh, I kind of gave him a shove and pulled on his jersey a little bit and stopped him from scoring. Um, and it kind of pissed him off. You know, at the time I didn't know, and <laughs> I had, uh, the goalie rolled the ball out to me, and Mo was pressing, and I had passed the ball away and just got absolutely smashed and it was like I was face in the grass just <laughs> and uh he was like yeah you know that's what you get for pulling my jersey or something like that for you he said but uh, it was one of those moments and BJ Callahan who was uh, the assistant at the time he's the national team now but he was like yeah welcome to the big leagues and kind of at that point I was like all right you know i i, I kind of like i like this you know well, from there, well, on a daily basis, you know, I've already been pushed, but i had taken it up another notch um, and trying to see, you know, learn a game and learn what their experiences are, hear about their experiences and, and what it took them to get to where they are and, um, and what, it, it could take, what it could take me, ultimately, to get to, to get that level and higher.
1: Okay, well, just two things out of that. First of all, uh, everyone gets bullied by Gooch. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's not like, that's just a badge of honor. Uh, no one, oh, man. No, Zlatan couldn't bully Gooch, so. Um, and then we're going to definitely edit this so that, uh, we, we don't ever, Chris, <laughs> any uh, he hears this, his, uh, his ego will take a, a other step up and then will you know, start texting you and saying it's right. I bullied you. And we don't need to encourage not, anything. No, Chris, <laughs> that was
0: much scrawnier back when. So <laughs> yeah, no, no,
1: we're just, don't worry. We're going to edit it out. Don't worry. <laughs>
0: um,
1: okay. So, so tell me you, you're with the Bethlehem steel. Um, you you're. You're moving up and down. What made you go to Wake Forest as opposed to, uh, you know, just going pro, you know? Yeah, no,
0: I mean, at the time, uh, I think attending a a prestigious school like Wake Forest, you know, and and kind of seeing their style of football uh, and hearing about, you know, how they played and watching their game. um, I felt like me being away would allow me to mature. Uh, I'm not saying that me signing professionally wouldn't do that as well, but um, kind of, Engaging in the college experience, I think, was an important step for me. Um, looking back on it, I, I wouldn't change a thing about it because it allowed me to, to really become more independent, become more disciplined, you know, and, and really learn about, you know, what I wanted to do, um, who I wanted to be. Um, it was a difficult time because I didn't play as much at Wake, actually. Um, and then being away from my family and having to go through that difficult spell of no games and training every day. And what do I, what do I have to do to get to the team, you know, and kind of getting lost in that? What am I doing for? you know, I'm trying to appease the coach and not, you know, not play for not only myself, but how can I help my teammates get better? Um, and at that point is when it was like a turning point for me. And um, again, being away helped me to, to mature and ultimately uh, kept me disciplined. And through that all the way until I uh, eventually started against Clemson and see uh, against Clemson. Yeah. yeah. I got my opportunity and ran with it and never looked back, but, uh, and kind of the turn point from there was, I wanted to. I, I had been feeling that that was sparking. Like I, I, I need to be in the professional realm. I need to, you know, I want to take it to the next level. I want to compete at the highest level. Um, and from there was now trying to trying to get back into contact with Philadelphia um, and establish that connection um, and say, listen, I want to come back home. You know, and I I understand. You know, if I have to play at the steel, whatever it is, you know, I I, I just want to be back and, and fight for my spot. Um, and they, they welcome me back, you know, and I'm thankful for that and coming with a clean state in January, um, and, and ready to, to to fight, you know. Um and, and rolling up my sleeves and making sure that they knew I wasn't there to play games. So, uh Wells me there to play games, but you know what I mean. I get what you're
1: saying. <laughs> oh, I think that's great. I, I'm you know, for the people that have listened to all the podcasts, I'm a big fan of guys going to college, even if it's for a year. I think it uh you can definitely tell the difference in a guy that has been to college versus a guy that comes straight from, the, from high school or, you know, some of these kids are coming during high school. Just
0: because
1: college has a hierarchical system where you, you are the bottom of the totem pole, whether you're – you know, everything you – I can't echo that enough. I think it's so important. And, you know, a lot of guys aren't as uh, talented as you or as lucky as you with the opportunity they had. And, um, you know, they, they need the college – outside of just signing a pro contract and then being a dud in three months and now they can't go to school and get an education, oh, education so, as well um, yeah that, and i know that's important to you um let's talk about uh the u.s men's national or u.s youth national team before we jump into uh and philly and, and, and the men's national team um you're a youth guy for almost at almost every level right and uh yeah and you're and more importantly um in those pools, it's it's pretty hard to be named a captain, but that's kind of been a consistent theme for you um, as, a, as a leader of young men. Uh, tell me about your youth national team's experiences, and, um, you know, we can get into a little bit about injuries, but I'll, I'll kind of lead you through that. Just kind of give me a broad view of your perspective of it.
0: Yeah, no, um, I came into the national team pro- I think it was U14. Um, U15 was uh, kind of my first involvement in the national team system. Um, and I had gone a couple times. You know, Matt Riel, he was getting called in as well. Uh, so we went to camps together. Uh, but it wasn't very. It wasn't on a consistent basis. Um, throughout the throughout my academy or my early year. we get called into a camp here and there. Um, you know, and kind of got a a taste of it. You know, and what it was going to take in order for me to stay uh, in that in that group. And then uh, it wasn't. Uh, U18, uh, January camp, we'll meet the Mazi U18 year. Uh, that first that U18 cycle uh, where I really established myself at January camp. And from there, uh, you know, never look back and just continue to assert myself, you know, and, and make sure I was a dominant force within the group, um, you know, holding myself to a high standard, but also the guys around me to a high standard. You know, although everybody's coming from different clubs, you know, it's an honor to be even called into a national team camp. Um, be, a, be a, a mainstay in that group, you know, it's even harder. Um, and I think that's what uh, would help push us through, uh, ultimately, to the U-20 cycle um, with Taya Ramos and um, again, continue to, to be dominant and assertive with the group, you know, making sure everybody is, is ready for that, uh, whenever your name is called, you know, because again, it's a cycle. People come in, people come out, uh, um, you know, injuries occur and clubs won't release you, and so many different factors, but being ready when that opportunity is coming. Because you know, when I was in that position, I was on the outside. I wanted to make sure that I was. I got once I was in, I was in. Um, and ultimately, like through to the 2020 World Cup. You know, and being there with the team, um, and it was kind of weird because of the appendicitis um, and the, the timing of that. But you know, even being named captain in in that period of time, you know, it was it was one a blessing and honor. Um, and you know forced me to to kind of be a leader in a different way you know I wasn't playing as much in that tournament um, but at the same time uh, I had to make sure that guys were were, were ready because the games were coming you know very fast and injuries were occurring and you know knocks can happen and suspensions and and whatnot all these different you know factors in the game um, that can be thrown at you and uh, you know we had a good bit of success you know we had taken a stumble in the first game and you know, that was difficult for the guys, you know, because, oh, my gosh, what happens if we don't make it to the next round? Um, but, you know, again, dusting ourselves off and saying, look, this is what it's going to take in order for us to make a deep run in this tournament. Um, it didn't start out the way we wanted to, but, again, we can only control. What we can control at this point, and that's making sure that each day in training, you know, hard but smart. Uh, we're making sure we're holding each other to a high standard. Um you know, and making sure that we're prepared for this game because everybody's fighting for that trophy and there's only one team that can lift it at the end of this tournament. Um, I think that attitude, which I really tried to instill in each guy, no matter if you were starting or if you were in the 18 or if you weren't in the 18, um, making sure, because again, they come, they come very fast. Um, and when your name is called, you need to be able to, to put your best foot forward. Um, and although we're a brotherhood, everybody's fighting for a spot too. Um, so that competitive nature um, and, and making sure we're breeding that in the group helped us uh, to ultimately, you know, we topped France and uh, you know came into the quarterfinal against Ecuador and unfortunately weren't able to, to come out with the, the win. But again, making sure uh, that we that we made a name for ourselves, you know, and made a statement, you know, that that we can we can play, you know, we're not here to you know to play around. Um, we can play for top football as well, uh, and we showed that against France. So uh, you know now through to to be able to to get called into, into a senior team camp, you know, second one, this third one this uh, this past January. Uh was a true honor, and to, to then make my debut um, was something that I've been dreaming about since I was a kid. So, you know, to, to look back and being a U14 on the outside again now, you know, to make my, my senior debut is, you know, come full circle. But, again, I still have a ways to go. I'm only 21, so, you know, have a, a lot of ambition. Um I'm hungry for, uh, for more opportunities. Did, did you,
1: you know, and I guess I, – that's my question as a youth as a youth international uh did you have the expectation like you know when you when you were coming up in the ranks did you say okay uh watching you know guys you know the, the senior guys ahead of you were you saying okay that's gonna be me one day or or were you kind of like you know I'm, I'm here now I don't know if I'll, I'll get there or was this was this always an expectation that uh this would be the next step for you
0: no I think uh once I kind of got taste of you know being a national team in that system it was a matter of all right you know seeing guys before me do it I'm like all right I can do this as well um but again understanding I think with maturity I was able to really understand what it took to to get to that position and as I came through the ranks um that hunger and that fire to to play for the national team at the the highest level to play in world cups and the olympics and um you know again at the highest level of international football I think again came as I as I got older um you know, I started to come into myself, you know, and establish my game. Um, but I always had that, that long-term goal of playing for the senior, for the senior team um, and making sure that once I was part of the senior team, you know, I became a mainstay the same way I was through the, the youth national team ranks. Um, and that's the attitude I've kind of always had, you know, making sure that I follow the process. You know, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fast sometimes. It's going to be grueling and take some time. But, again, as long as you stay consistent, um, you know, and, and chip away at it day by day you know ultimately that, that goal will come to fruition
1: okay and then you know I, I, this is kind of off the cuff um you know and I don't want to put you in a spot where you have to say something you don't want to say I, there's a lot of talk about what's going on with the the national teams at all levels missing the world cup missing missing tournaments um you know and you you're kind of in that last Generation of guys that were making it, you know, you you know, you made like you said, you 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 go to the World Cup and uh, as a youth and you, you, you beat France or you, you play well and you get out of the group stages, but at least you were there. Um, and now we're in this thing where we're not even making these things. Do you have an opinion? Uh, and if so, do you care to share it? And and I respect your decision as a guy that's in it. It's you got to kind of tread softly because uh, there are you know a lot of coaches and people that uh, you know they get, they're getting ridiculed and I'm, I'm always a big pro, you know, pro U S soccer guy, meaning I, I believe that we can't compete with anybody, but, um, you know, clearly there's something going on where we're struggling to, to make, you know, make some of these tournaments and get out of group stages. Uh, you know, what's your take on when you hear all this stuff and they're saying, we don't have, we don't have the right people or we're not doing the right things. I mean, h- how do you handle the, you know, those comments?
0: I mean, <laughs> When you're actually in a situation, it's it's different. Um, I remember looking from the outside in; it was like, oh, like what's going on? Um, but now being in it and seeing it um, and experiencing it, I think it's it's tough to to pinpoint one thing. Um, you know, we have so much creativity. You know, coming up, we have so much talent and potential. Um, but I think it's really capitalizing on that um, and giving our not only our young players a. Uh, You know, recognizing them, but also giving them an opportunity, you know, to showcase themselves. And I think especially in this past January, you know, we had a ton of young guys. You know, we had a a really, a really talented group, you know, a group. We also had experienced guys in there as well. Um, But I think that mix helped. Uh, I think having the perspective of the veterans and, you know, having that creativity and spark of the young guys, that kind of riskiness um, that the young guys bring into the game was was a good combination. Um, you know, giving guys an opportunity to to showcase themselves um, and show that we can play as well. Um, I think that coming into this new era and this this new decade, you know, with so much expectation, um, I think that it's only going to – the anticipation and the excitement is only going to grow that much more and there's going to be a lot of criticism, you know, because it's not going to be a smooth path. There's going to be be plenty of ups and downs. There's going to be twists and turns along the journey. But I think, you know, we just got to be consistent you know, we got to, although it may not be pretty football all the time, sometimes we got to roll up our sleeves and, and get dirty, you know, and, and get the points and come out of the game, you know, and that's just that's just how it is. You know, it's not going to be the pretty football and uh, 80% possession and 28 shots on goal and this, that, and the other. Sometimes it's going to be 35%, 40% possession against, the, you know, you're getting out-possessed. But when you get those opportunities in front of the net, you, you punish. Um, you get those opportunities on set pieces, you punish. Um, and also when you get those opportunities to show some flair and, and be creative um, and giving the freedom to guys to, to express themselves, um, I think that's, that's going to be very important for us coming into this, this new time. Um, you know, Greg has, has done a great job of incorporating that, I, I feel like, so far. And, again, it's tough to say. It's early. It's only been a year and some change now. Um, haven't really had a whole lot of, you know, uh, speed to, or momentum to pick up on. Um, at the moment and just with the stoppage of play. But, again, there's a lot of excitement, you know, Um, and I think patience is going to be the the key thing right now is just being patient and allow us to be consistent and and to chip away at it. Like I said, um, you know, we have uh, the Olympics coming up next year, Um, and, you know, I think that will be a a good spark um, for for U.S. soccer as a whole, you know, to, to show on the international stage because um, we have a, a really talented group of guys, you know, who are ready to, to make sure that, you know, we turn the, this new chapter, uh, start it off on the right foot.
1: Yeah. No, I'm excited. And I, I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, I think that patience is the right word. And, and, you know, we have this win now culture and, you know, now that we have access to every league in the world, it's like win now and play like Barcelona. <laughs> and, and win now and play like Bayern Munich. And it's just like, It's tough, man. But uh, we won't go – you know, I won't tell my age if we start talking about all that. Uh, (laughs) One last thing I want to touch on, then we'll have a little more fun. Um, So talk to me about – you know, I didn't touch on this, but ACC champs at Wake Forest. Then you go to Philadelphia Union. um, You come in there. Tell me about, you know, coming in. You're you're a rookie of the year candidate your first year. Um, You know – I always ask, you know, who made it easy on you or who took you? You said it sounded like Mo took you under his wing uh, coming up. But, you know, who helped you? Did anyone make it really hard on you? Um, or who really helped you as you, uh, as you came into Philly's uh, program?
0: Yeah. Um, I think having the relationship with Mo and Gooch, um, those two guys who were coming before I joined the, the first team, um, having that relationship with them and being able to communicate with them uh, really helped me um, with the transition. Um, hearing those guys who who have experience and who have played at the highest level, uh, internationally and and, and, and club wise, um, talking to them and picking their brains as to to what it's going uh, to take to in order to to make it um, and to to be in the group who is uh, who are mainstays, um, I think that really helped me in that transition period, um, and then coming into preseason and, and understanding that. So Clean Slate, you know, all the stuff I have done in the Academy is, you know, great and everything, but this is this is now a, a new realm, you know. Um, and then being having guys like CJ Sabong, you know, Harris Medunion and uh, you know, Keegan was there as well, uh, um, you know, Ray Gaddis, um, those guys around me, you know, to hear their perspectives and to pick their brains, um, and to, to hear what they had to say and uh how they kind of saw my game, you know, evolving and, and picking picking different things, you know, and uh, trying to apply them day by day in training. Um, but again, listen to them say, look, it's a long year. It's a long year. Things are going to happen, suspensions and injuries and, you know, open cup and all these different things are going to happen. So you need to be ready and, and prepared. And I think that was a, a theme, you know, throughout the year, especially coming into out of out of wake, uh, just being prepared for the opportunity, and preparing and, and chipping away and, um, ultimately, it came, you know, right after uh, I come back from Spain camp with uh, with U-20s. Um, and then, uh, you know, s- made my debut against Orlando in early April. Um, and then a few weeks later, you know, made my first uh, my first start against Dallas in Dallas. Um, and From there, I kind of just continued to pick up momentum and, and focus on making sure that I was remaining in the group, you know, um, and being consistent in my game, but also assessing. I had holes in my game that I, I had to work on. You know, understanding that there's so many different aspects of this game. You know, seeing the game, watching it, breaking it down, going and applying it in training. Spending time after training, weightlifting, uh, injury prevention, treatment. You know, uh, nutrition. You know, so many things that you know, as a as a young player, as a new new guy to the league. You know, you have to to really mature. Um, You know, I matured a, a lot, and at Wake, and then to mature that much more in order to to grow in the game. Um, so I think those, those are just a few guys who kind of helped me, um, make that transition a bit smoother, a bit easier. Um, but again, I've the coaches, you know, Jim Curtin, having a relationship with him, um, being able to, to come, you know, have conversations with him, real conversations and, uh, what is it in my game that I'm doing well? Okay. But these are other areas of my game, you know, and, and having his perspective and him being at the position, you know, these, um, you know, just some, some guys who, who helped me, um, some lessons that I was able to learn.
1: Yeah, Jim, you know, Jim's probably, uh, it's a blessing and a curse, right, And that he played the same position. And, um, you know, he's he's a big believer in the depth of the team. And I, I know he mixes it up a lot. I'm not a big fan of that. I, we probably would have butted heads. But, um, you know, just just I know that uh, he's figured out a way to, to get the best out of that group uh, year in and year out. So, um, you know. I I wish you luck going forward with, uh, you know, with, with Philly, uh, let's, let's lighten it up a little bit. Um, let's talk about off the field stuff. Um, you know, I know in your spare time, you know, there's a lot more that defines you than, than just soccer. Uh, am I hearing you're, you're multilingual or you're trying to become multilingual?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Spanish is, uh, you know, conversational Spanish. Uh, you know, I'm able to, to understand a good bit, uh, responding, takes me a second but once I'm able to get going uh I'm pretty good with that you know I'm trying to learn Italian uh and French you know we have some Portuguese speakers as well in uh, the locker room so you know Portuguese is coming along okay um I wouldn't say it's great but you know I'm, uh, I'm working at it so you know, I've had a lot of free time now and I'm spending some time
1: okay and then what about the musically you're musically uh trying to, to grow <laughs> that way too
0: yeah piano yeah I have a uh, piano right down here in uh basement with me uh so you know i got that last year and just chipping away at it Uh, am
1: i gonna see you on this mls idol this this thing they're putting out there yeah i mean
0: i might i might make an appearance but you know still still working at it so work
1: work in progress
0: exactly exactly it's a nice product clean and uh,
1: gotta tame the beast before you let him out of the cage exactly all right well uh one of the interesting things i found about you uh which i don't hear much um you know, there's always these debates, right? Like Ronaldo over Messi. We have, you know, that one's like 50-50. Yeah. There's guys that, you know, that I, I say like the unathletic short guys uh, <laughs> and unathletic tall guys like me always go with Messi. Uh, and then the guys that – the pretty boys I call them, they go with <laughs> Ronaldo. Uh, then there's this new age, right? I'm old, I'm I'm old. You're young. Yeah. We got the we got the MJ LeBron
0: yeah.
1: debate. I, I'm curious to hear what you think about that with uh with the Last Dance coming out. Or would you do you, do you tune into that one? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I watched it. Uh, first couple of weeks I was a little behind, so I just caught up on it midweek. But uh, yeah, I watched the whole documentary. It was really interesting. So uh, I I'd, I'd probably say you know just MJ and his competitive nature, his competitive edge. I'd probably give him the the, the number one spot, um, but LeBron is, is right there, uh, along with Kobe. You know, Kobe and MJ have like, had some so, so similar games. That, okay. Uh, sometimes, but I'd say, like, that one, one and a half, and two uh, is shared between Kobe <laughs> and LeBron. So,
1: <laughs> Well, you
0: know, I, that we talked about having you on a while ago, and this is – I
1: mean – I mean, a while ago, and when I built this out, my questions out, uh, this wasn't even – MJ's (laughs) last dance wasn't even there. So I was like – I already, I just was going to go right through that one, like Ronaldo, Messi, that one just gets people going. LeBron, MJ, that's really just an old school, new school, but now I have a little bit more perspective or more people have more perspective that were younger. Uh, But the interesting one to me was – and this is a huge one for uh, purists of the game, and I heard you call it football, I call it soccer – uh, but this promotion relegation, you're one of the few people that I've heard that uh, that will entertain um, this. And, and, you know, as a young guy, you kind of have a – are you are you for pro- promotion relegation?
0: Yeah, you know, I would be, um, you know, if it came into the picture. Uh, I just – I feel that it adds that much more incentive, you know, to to compete, you know, and to win. You know, at the end of the day, uh, nobody wants to get knocked down. Nobody wants to – at the bottom or be in the red zone, you know. Uh, I think that that the idea, the concept, is something that I that I personally endorse. Um, you know, I feel like it will definitely add another layer to the game for you know over here in the states. We see it over there in in, in Europe right now with the teams. You know, no team wants to to be relegated. You know, you, not only lose you know money but you lose top players you lose endorsements you know so many different factors so you know there's that added incentive that added bonus to to win games um you know and to know that if we don't compete and we don't perform we're out of here so yeah well you just you just picked up like the most passionate
1: followers of the game with that comment because I tell you what, that's the one topic if you say, you know, you engage people on in terms of if you say oh, I'm not for promotion relegation, uh, people just, they come at you hard, man. So you're <laughs> the first guy that really kind of talks about it. And I know a lot of guys, yeah. uh, you know, they feel that way, but they don't, they don't get into it. So I just thought I'd ask. Uh, I got one last, uh, one last tough question for you, and then I'll let you get out of here. Uh, we'll talk about some charity stuff. But uh, you did talk about Europe, you know, promotion relegation being over there. Uh, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have uh, the ability to hold a, a passport that would allow you to go overseas um, quite easily. And then if you're in the national team mix, that in its, of itself helps. Uh, Long term, um, aside from helping you know, the Philadelphia Union win championships and the U.S. Men's National Team qualify for, for big tournaments, World Cup and whatnot, uh, do you have any interest in, in going to, to Europe?
0: Absolutely, you know. I think that's the. It's been a dream of mine since I was a, a young kid. Um, you know, you wake up early in the morning and so you watch the the prem games and the bonus league games and the Serie A games. Uh, I remember watching Ronaldinho play for AC Milan, you know, and you know watching although I wasn't necessarily a, I was kind of a center back at the time, but I didn't really know it. Um, but watching Alessandro Nesta and Maldini and these guys playing the position, you know, watching Carlos Puyol, um, you know, seeing. I was younger when Conor Votto played, but, you know, seeing these different teams, these different players play um, at the highest level in Europe, it always gave me that added motivation. And now that I'm in this position and, you know, continuing to climb, you know, and although I have aspects of my game that I need to grow, you know, I feel like I have the abilities and potential to play over in Europe. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to keep chipping away at it, you know, day by day, you know, one step at a time. But, uh, you know, ultimately just focused right now on, on helping Philly win championships and, you uh, you know ultimately was uh when we when we succeed collectively, you know the, the individual accolades will follow. So right now, just focusing on, on helping the team win in, in whatever way I can, um, and grow my game, uh, and do what I can, and then uh, you know, ultimately that, that step will come, and uh, you know I'm confident in that.
1: Awesome! Well, I like you. I love the, I love the confidence. I feel like that's one of the things we've been missing. Uh, you know, with we talk about the grittiness and uh, the confidence needs to be there. And I think you, you have it in spades. So I'm happy to hear that. Uh, tell me about anything you have, uh, charity wise, or, you know, what's, what's something we can look for to, to help out, um, you know, people that are listening, especially people in Philadelphia or, you know, U S soccer, uh, with what you have going on.
0: Yeah, no, um, uh, not only am I involved with the MLS, you know, it works. Um, you know, we have, uh, Couple of charter schools in, in the local area that you'd be able to get some some small pitches for, um, but also here in Delaware, you know, I'm a, an ambassador for Future Soccer Stars of America, which uh, it allows inner city kids, you know, those who aren't um, who don't have accessibility to the fields or equipment or training, um, you know, to play football, um, but it gives them an outlet to to come and just play and enjoy the game. Um, and uh, I, I spend a lot of time with them, and making sure that you know I do reach out, and uh, I'm able to communicate with the kids and and connect with them, um, because ultimately that's, you know, I was in that position, and in that next generation of you know potential footballers. Um, so you know, I, in whatever way I can inspire them, you know, I I try to. Um, and you know, future soccer stars of America is something that I, I support you know passionately. Um, and I believe you know it's day by day. Again, these kids are going to be the next, you know, if they're not footballers, they'll be the next doctors, lawyers, um, physicians, you know, whatever they want to inspire to be engineers. Um, I think if I can help them and, and inspire them at this age, then, then they can you know, achieve the, the fullest capacity. So,
1: Well, that's awesome. Um, I tell you what, man, you're, you're more mature at 21 than I was at any age, um, you know, and I think anyone that listens will, uh, you know, it's hard not to root for you. You got a good head on your shoulders and I think as a U.S. soccer fan, um, you know, everyone's, everyone's pulling for you to help uh, lead this group into bigger and better things. So uh, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you back on the field, hopefully sooner than later. And, um, you know, I, I'd say I, I would give you advice, but I don't think you need any of my advice. I think, I think you've, you've got to figure it figured out right now, man.
0: I appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for having me. You know, it's always a pleasure to connect with you guys. So uh... – Take care and stay safe,
1: man. All right, and there you go, folks. You can check him out uh, with Philly this year and uh, with the U.S. Men's National Team uh, for, for uh, probably a long, long time to come. So thank you, Mark, for coming on today, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Play by Players. Visit playbyplayerspod.com for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This has been a production of the MLSPA. Learn more at mlsplayers.org.